do your little clown bit before we start the show. I don't, I don't have anything to add to this. Well, that's where you're wrong, because the clown bit is the whole show. Touche. You're like a dog that knows that he's he's in trouble, and you're just like we got on initially before I hit record, and you were like, I know you're mad at me. I can just feel it. Can you feel the energy in the room, Sham? Yeah, I mean, I can cut this tension with the with the butter knife. I wasn't sure if you were gonna butter knife or something else right there. Mm-hmm. All right. Life in it. Got anything for me for uh, before show? Anything besides the crap you've just given me just now? Um, yeah, uh, it's a gorgeous day outside right now. A little bit, a uh, little bit balmy outside. Um, about ninety-two, I think, and and humid. Um, it's about to storm later today, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, so you're giving us the weather report? Yeah, just uh, breaking the ice. Back to you, Keith. That was my co-host. Uh, didn't know that we were already recording there. It is the Two Gods and a Goose show. You gargling your water was just a perfect start. Like, completely on brand and literally the perfect start for this episode. I mean, to be fair, I didn't know we were recording just yet, so I always do my, my pre-show gargle, and you happen to hit record prematurely. So, But to be fair, do you ever really know that we're going and we're rolling? No, and that's the beauty of this podcast. It, plug the iTunes, plug the iHeart, because I am I have a lot we have a lot to get to. There there is so much to get to on this on this episode. So just plug that and then let me get my uh flamethrower out. Yeah, so uh you can find um this uh therapy session on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you listen to podcasts, just search Two Gods and a Goose. Uh we also have merch, so depending on what merch you buy, it goes to a certain charity. So have at it. Yeah, I think um, therapy was a great way to start this. Um, I was explaining to my dad that, you know, when you do these type of shows, when you get it, and we, we, we got together in the beginning of doing this show, and, and you know, we have big goals with this show, and, and you know, judging on our, on our audience and the, the cult following we've started, you know, we're well on our way to, that, to, to our goals. But when you start a show like this, it's really like a marriage, right? It's, it's basically... You are married to your co-host, and and I understand, and I'm and I blow the winds that 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 you know flame the fire, so to speak, um, of silly and stupid, and I understand the sham character, and I I understand you're the clown show that everyone comes to see. I understand that, but I'm gonna be lying to you if I say that we that we have s- significant serious, um, and I and I feel like why people love us, um. Well, hey, I don't really know why they love us, but I think some of it is because they get to know us and we're, we we tend to let people behind the curtain on the clown show. So we kind of will tell them, hey, you know, this is what's happening right now. And I, and, and I think it's fair to say there is uh, legit issues in the marriage right now currently. Well, I don't know if we, if, if we could say there, there are issues per se. I just think we've now moved past our honeymoon uh, phase in our relationship and now... Uh, you're starting to see the flaws in me that were honestly all always there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's friction. I think the friction. I, I think. I think this is the first time when I've legit been upset with you, and we'll get to why in a second. But there's some friction in the marriage. This is. This is. We would need to go to counseling over the last month of what's transpired from you. Yeah, I mean, the friction the past month has been uh, definitely apparent. Um, but that's why. 
That's why we're here. We're here to lube up this relationship, make sure there's very little friction going forward. Uh, I don't I don't even know where to start, honestly. So much has transpired. I want to apologize to the listeners first because um, as a marriage, you know, you're, you, the person you're with, your partner is basically a representation of yourself. So we promised everybody, and by we, I mean him, but we as a group promised a 4th of July episode where, you know, Sham came out with this sham competitive eater and I'm going to eat an apple pie and I'm going to do this and we're going to do it on the 4th. Uh, I went to the West Coast. I go every around every 4th of July to go visit my family out there. Uh, my dad, everyone, you know, has become a fan of him. He is a super fan of the show. He was all Jack because he was going to co-host and be involved in it. And he already started, I was texting Sham, he already started producing segments and saying this is what we should do on Ask Sham and basically taking over the broadcast. So he was, you know, beyond excited. I ordered a mic sent to the West Coast just because I didn't want to travel and take my mic across the country with me. Did all this. Sham texts me. I get to the West Coast. You know, oh, I'm good to record on the first or the second. The second became the third. Then it was like, we'll get it on the fifth. I'm free all day on the fifth. That didn't end up happening. We didn't, we didn't end up recording. So that's issue number one. You know, he, pr- he promises you know, that we were going to do this episode and the 4th of July promises everybody. So automatically you let down the audience tremendously and you've devastated my dad. I have to be honest with you. And I know, I know I'm going to give you a chance to, to respond to this because this is only part one of multiple issues we have right now. But what can you, my, my dad is beside himself. Now, mind you, he put a two gods and a goose sticker on his car and anyone that knows my dad, and there's gonna be family members and cousins and people that listen to the show right now are going to laugh because this is so not something my dad would do. He's devastated, Sham. And so what do you say to him and to the 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 loyal audience that was expecting something and you completely let them down? Well, I mean, I just want to start off by saying I'm a hot commodity. So my uh, my schedule is very much booked all the time. Um, and I feel very bad about your dad because, you know, he yeah, you told me like he had been producing segments and whatnot. And he's very excited to do this. But my schedule filled up and uh, I feel bad. So you know what? If you just uh, just give me his address, I'll send over a signed uh, a signed merch for him, and we should just smooth this over. You mean different than the signed post or the signed picture of you dressed as Pitbull holding your dog Finn? Yeah, that he put in his office, and people actually think it's Pitbull, and they're asking no, no, how I'll, he knows no, Pitbull. I'll send him. I will send him a signed Two Gods and a Goose merch of his choice. I don't know, man. He's pretty devastated. He may send that back. He's threatened to take. The two gods and a goose sticker off his car. He is completely devastated uh, by your action, Sham. That's a horrible idea because it's first of all, it's very difficult to take stickers off cars, especially when the heat gets to it. It's, it leaves a you know some sticky remnants on the end. Um, but also, it's this only the, like this is the first mistake that I've made. So, uh, and, and, uh, and, oh, it's great that you mentioned that. Thank you for transitioning to the issue. Right, the first issue, not really an issue with me, other than. I know now that you're kind of a flake, and so I'm going to assume you're going to flake instead of you're going to come through. Flake Griffin. Let's get on to the real issue. And this is, this is the issue that I'm going to speak about first in counseling. This is the issue that I am legit irritated about. And, and I want to apologize in advance to our friend Laz because, Laz, I legit, I don't think you like me, but I legit like you. And so I'm sorry that you're going to get some of the flames that I'm going to throw at this entire thing. Uh, I apologize in advance, but it's got to be, it's got to happen. Um, so just, just some, some, some context for the listeners. Sham and I had discussed a few months ago 
um, adding more content. You know, with this with this podcast, both of our schedules truthfully are hectic sometimes, so we can't. You know, we're not available every other week on, you know, that's our goal all the time, but we're not always available to do it. So we know sometimes that, you know, we can go three, three weeks a month, et cetera, between podcasts. So we came up with the idea of, hey, let's give them more content. Let's obviously run it through the two gods and a goose machine. And the content was, I, I said, let's come up with something creative where, you know, I have a, a group of, of, of people I have relationships with, whether they're artists or whether they're, you know, um, film reporters, people that are interesting. And we would do it, you know, you would host something that you're interested in. I would host those type of energy. It would just be more cool content for the audience, right? So we came up with this idea and then we discussed it when I was actually in the airport headed to the West Coast. Um, and we said, look, let's do it. You know, you had mentioned for your first idea that you had, um, you were going to get into the college admission scandal. You had an idea to, to talk about that. I was like, Sham, that's so interesting. That's exactly what we're trying to do. I have interviews lined up with T-Boz at TLC, with Sir Mix-A-Lot. I've, I'm, I have a couple film reporters that I'm going to talk to. Just cool content, right? Did, did this? So can you agree that this conversation, everything I just said, this happened, correct? Yeah, that's true. But, uh, I, but no, I mean, no, no, like, no, 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 no. But did that happen or not? It, that happened. That happened. Okay. So so let me explain to everyone, and you can tell my voice is getting, I'm, I'm a little fired up right now. Here's how Sham does things, right? So Sham is basically a content, I taught him content is king a long time ago, and he literally uses it for everything, anything at all. He loves to just blow ideas. He, he basically, ironically, takes a flamethrower and think of the flames as just ideas. That He just likes to throw them out there. He just sprays the entire yard with ideas of content, right? I vomit ideas. Some of it's good and some of it's bad. So, Sham, I, my job is then to go, all right, this is good. Let's keep this. Or here's a good idea. Let's build on this and then throw out the bad ones. When Sham wants to try to force something through... He goes ghost. So he will not talk to me. He will not say anything. He'll spring it up. Now, spoiler alert, this is not a live show. So a lot of times when he brings an idea to the table, he'll just spring it on me in the show. And I'll say no. And we'll 86 it out. And I cut it out. And, and you know, I shame him basically when we're recording. And you guys don't hear it. See, what this, what this new idea gave Sham, and, I, and this is my fault for not, for not knowing Sham and knowing the machine and the content spewing uh, vomit machine that is Sham. This gave Sham a, a go. He, you know, he has the control, so he can say, oh, I'm, I can do whatever I want and, and not, not, tell, not tell him and just push it through. So Sham calls me and he says, hey, I just did my first episode of 2.5 Gods and a Goose. And my natural response is, what? Automatically, I'm nervous because I know when he's quiet, he's up to no good. And when he's up to no good, most of the time, it's it's he's vomiting. I, but then I think I give I'm like, look, man, he he we had a good talk about this. I think he understands what we're trying to do. And okay, well he he worked on the college admission thing. I'm like, okay, I'm interested, and in, you know, I would give me the heads up so we could have you know started promoting it. But I, at that point, I'm like, okay, we'll promote it. We'll promote it. We'll promote it. Then he says, well, I did. And I'm like, Sham, so what was, what's the first episode? Well, I did uh, Pistons with Lass. And I'm just, he, he, and then he's saying, so is the wave supposed to be such and such file? And I'm like, well, that's, that's a huge wave. Like what, how long? And he said an hour and 45 minutes. You did an hour and 45 minutes. As our first venture into this, this second channel of content, you decided 
the maiden voyage to do an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes of Pistons talk with Laz. That was your move. So here was my thought behind it, right? Because we were going to get Laz on no matter what to talk Pistons at some point. No, we weren't. So I figured, all right, let's just rip the Band-Aid off and have him on. We'll do a comprehensive Pistons analysis. And then Keith will be happy because then we'll no longer need to talk about Pistons ever again. And hey, as an added bonus... Keith is also a Pistons fan, and he hasn't caught himself up on anything summer league or anything in the offseason. So, hey, if he listens to this comprehensive podcast, he will not only be done with Pistons talk, he will now be educated on Pistons talk. So, I'm just flabbergasted. You decide because your hand is on the controls and you're like, look, I can push this through and he'll get over it. You then fire off this episode through the Two Gods and a Goose channel. You don't give any context to the listeners. I have to explain to people. I'm in a group chat, and people are like, are you on this episode? What is this Pistons thing? I'm getting texts all over the place. Nobody has any idea, idea what you're doing. You basically took a flamethrower to a great idea, and, and you just demolished the great idea with an hour and 45 minutes of Pistons talk that nine people are going to listen to. You covered. You told me you covered Summer League for 25 minutes. Summer League. Well, did you watch Summer League? There was some interesting stuff that went down. And then you tell me. I'm, I'm livid at this point the next day. And, and you, you knew I was very upset with you when you called me. And you tried to you know, tell me a couple jokes. Try to, you know, you try to, you try to do all the, all the sham tricks. Because you know at that point like there's <laughs> legit beef between us. And you tell me. And you ask me, did you listen to it? And I'm like, I'm not listening to that. You couldn't pay me money to listen to that, right? And, and luckily no one else is listening to that. You tell me, hey, man, it's all right. We started with a story about a stripper at a hospital. So I, then I just lose my I'm like, you're doing the, our content with Laz on, on a Pistons podcast. First of all, first of all, that was just one story. Then we hopped right into Pistons talk right after that. So, you know, that's it. It was just the one little icebreaker with Laz to, to ease into more basketball talk. And I have a lot more content where that came from yeah and that was the other thing and then and then automatically when i'm livid about this you go from i'm sorry i'm sorry to uh two hours later you send me a text well i just i I just created a list of all the ideas that i've had that you've shot down no 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 it's not the ones you shot down it's the ones i haven't revealed yet that i think you'll shoot down so i so in fairness to you and the listeners i am going to go one by one and reveal what those ideas were and if 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 it wets your whistle, we can talk about it. The way I've been generating ideas is I see news articles, and so then I will introduce a news article and then have a question related to that news article. So um, the first one that I saw was like Titans coach Mike Vrabel said he cut his penis off for a Super Bowl win, and my question and topic was, what would you cut your penis off for? <laughs> it's, that, it's that grade A content right there that... That really makes this show drive. Or, for example, Delta Airlines wants more detail from a man who says he was sucked through the toilet hole. Here is my question. Would you ever poop on a flight? <laughs> this is, these are questions that need to be answered by not only you and me, but our guests too. And that is the Two Gods and a Goose brand. Another one. Uh, if you flush drugs down the toilet, you could be creating meth gators, cops say. My question. What animal, if given meth would be more scary than a meth gator. I just don't know what to do with this other lane. I don't know. You basically sprayed vomit all over a phenomenal idea, and now I'm like, do we... 
I can't trust you at all with this idea now moving forward. Like every, I have to literally micromanage everything. I'm changing passwords on accounts. I'm not, I don't trust you at all on this. So now I, we have to rebrand a really cool idea because I can't come with an in-depth conversation with T-Boz at TLC where she talks about Tupac and what he was worth, what he was like, and her music and you know long career in music i can't follow pissed an hour and 45 minutes of laz and shams pissed in summer league with t-boz the tlc so what do i do at this point is my that's my conundrum right now because you literally de- demolished an, a very cool idea in one episode i can tell you what you can do okay oh i can't wait for this we could take a deep breath first of all both of us you and i oh i'm not taking any deep breaths oh and let me let me let me just add this part to it sham let me keep going. I forgot about this part. So Sham then calls me before he's about to release it. Already post, already talked about it on Twitter. It's the 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 wheels are rolling. I can't stop the bus. The the Sham train of vomit at this point. I can't the manure bus. I can't stop it at this point. And he goes, "Hey, uh, can you edit the beginning and the end of the podcast I did with Laz because I said." all right, I'm recording at the beginning. And then before you stopped recording, you said, all right, I'm going to stop recording. And my question is, well, why didn't you say that before you started started and stopped recording? Naturally, Sham doesn't have a response to that. Well, so, you know the answer because I, I don't do this. So then I tell you, all right, listen, there needs to be some sort of ramifications for this decision-making. You're flaking on the, on the July 4th pod, letting everyone down, ruining a fantastic idea. There needs to be some sort of consequence for this. So I tell you then at that point, all right, you're doing two pies. Before it was, I'm going to eat a full pie without my with my face. Two pies and a goose. So now you're doing two pies. And I know you tweeted it out earlier. Uh, and we're going to have our friend Nakayas on later. And we're going to talk some NBA. But during that entire interview, you were going to down two pies. And I know you. And, and this is the part that just brings me joy. This is really going to mess up your stomach. And I'm really, really excited about that, champ. Please, it's not going to mess up anything. I have an iron iron stomach. I ate how many pieces of paper, how many hot dogs, and now it's apple pie is just another uh, another thing that will be placed into my iron vault of a stomach. That's it. It'll be simple and American. So we'll get to the two pies in a little bit. I don't know what to do with the new idea. Um, we'll have to think about it because you pretty much demolished that in one episode. Well, here's what we do. So I know... Uh, Nikias Duncan, who's a Miami Heat writer, is going to be on with us a little bit later. Um, what if I just did a like a two and a half gods and get with the goose with him after this? Like, is that going to be fine? Then we'll do a you know we did a Pistons one. Now we'll do a Heat one. That way we're not being homers. Yeah, I have to change all the passwords. I like. I just regret that I actually had this conversation where I'm like, yeah, he gets what we're trying to do here. I mean, I get it to a certain ex- a degree. Um, but I'm also trying to generate content. You don't know how many closet no, and, business and fans there are. No, and to be fair, Sam, to be fair, I'll be fair to you. Every episode, you want to do Locked on Pistons, Locked on Heat. You literally want to do this nonstop every single episode. So I'm not – I guess I can't even be mad because I know, I know the alligator that I got in the water and swam with. Yeah, imagine if I had meth. <laughs> we have to get to some free agent stuff. Uh, a lot would it be would it be appropriate to say a lot has happened since we last recorded? Yeah, um, I honestly cannot believe how much movement there was. Marcus Morris, a New York Nick. How about that? We'll start. Al Farouk Aminu, th- Orlando Magic. I cannot. Be- they were on the fringe 
of the playoffs last year. Imagine what their ceiling is now with Alpha Rukamino. I think Nikias is the perfect uh, guest to have on for all the stuff we're going to cover. Uh, I think really the the first place we start is um, well, first off, congratulations to the Toronto Raptors, the NBA champions. Kawhi Leonard dethrones another super team. Um, the Kawhi thing with PG to the Clippers really is the top story, right? I mean, what was your thought? That was a bomb. We didn't really expect Kawhi Leonard signs with the Clippers. We kind of expected that, right? Because he wanted to yeah. be in LA. He's from there. But then we, we we get the Woj bomb, and then three minutes later, it's Oklahoma City is trading P, um, Paul George to the Los Angeles Clippers. And Kawhi worked that whole thing. We They had helicopters in Toronto tracking him. It was the Kawhi watch. It was NBA Twitter had a had a ball with this. Everybody had sources. Everybody knew he was signing with the Lakers or he was staying in Toronto. Everybody was eliminating Clippers. Everybody was eliminating Toronto. Everybody was eliminating the Lakers. Everybody had sources. And so those two land with the Clippers. I want to get your initial response or your initial feeling on that. Kawhi Leonard now becomes the best player in LA, uh, best basketball player in LA. And now, and I think it was amazing that the Clippers were able to get PG 13 um, without giving up Lou Williams, without giving up uh, uh, Montrez Harrell, without giving up Patrick Beverly. They now have a really, really good team around them. Yeah, the fact that they were able to get, uh, you know, an all-star, elite-level player like Paul George for not, like you said, not giving up Lou Will, not giving up Montrez, that was insane. I mean, you know, that's mind-boggling to me. Um, the power move Kawhi pulled with the Clippers, like, look, I'll come here, but you got to get Paul George. And, you know, Steve Ballmer, it was like, all right, done. And they made it happen. And now you talk about the uh and we'll get to the lakers in a second but now you talk about the clippers as the potential favorite at this point which is just wild to think if you think of the history of the clippers and everything they've gone through and all the losing and the racist ownership and all all this stuff like the clippers could potentially be the favorites right now sham they are they are the favorites across town the clippers weren't the only team in la you know making moves the lakers finally landing anthony davis they unloaded all their young talent for anthony davis they were able to keep kuzma who, you know, of the the young talent, probably the arguably the best one of all of them. And then they load up with veterans. They waited on the Kawhi thing, which I feel like they may have lost some guys, but I still like a lot of their signings. And you have a team now with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on them. Your thoughts on the Lakers and what they did? I think the Lakers are going to be vastly overrated this year. Um, I think LeBron and AD, while they both are very good, LeBron is also, uh, I think, 35 now or close to 35 Anthony Davis is coming off a year where, let's be honest, he didn't really try that hard. Let's see how he does in the Lakers. And nobody has still addressed the elephant in the room of the supporting cast around the Lakers. Like, besides AD, Kyle Kuzma, and LeBron James, who really do they have? Them not filling that last max spot may have been the best thing for them because they were able to scrounge together Danny Green and JaVale McGee and then the one-legged DeMarcus Cousins. Imagine if they had a third star and then now they're relying on vet minimum guys, so now they really don't have any any sort of depth. So I think they'll be vastly overrated this year, um, and they may not even make the playoffs, which is my hot take for the year. Yeah, that's absurd. Um, but I think the the questions about LeBron's LeBron's age, the questions about Anthony Davis's health, those are those are are valid concerns. Um, but if they're healthy, I mean, you still have a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. LeBron James is not done. 
we can say that we can say that safely that he's not done yet. I like the the guys they added around Danny Green. Uh, Avery Bradley will help on defense. He's kind of falling off the planet on offense, but he's he's a good defender. You know, um, Demarcus Cousins. I like that. I like the attitude that they added to to the Lakers. Um, my question for you then is: better team in Los Angeles, the Clippers or the Lakers right now? Well, I think it's clearly the Clippers. Like it, when I look at the Lakers, I look and I see, like like if I look at the Lakers in their grand scheme of the Western Conference, I see eight teams better than them. Golden State, Denver, Portland, Houston, Utah, Spurs, Clippers, possibly the Pelicans. Who knows what can come out of there? And then Dallas is not too bad, too, with the healthy Porzingis. So, I don't know. It'll be tougher than than I think last year uh, for the Lakers to make the playoffs. They have Anthony Davis. Didn't have them. didn't have him before, obviously. But I think the, the current playoff teams either got stronger or... Or didn't really get that much weaker in terms of like Golden State, for example. Though they're still going to be a top four seed in the in in the West. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. The Clippers right now on paper are better than the Lakers, and I say that understanding the Lakers again. Like I said, they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That's a that's about as good a twosome as you possibly can get. Um, Kawhi, obviously, I've been saying best player in the world right now. Paul George was, you know, one of the MVP candidates last year. You know, um, outstanding player. You talk about the defense on that team between Patrick Beverly and Paul George and Kawhi, just for a front like that. That backcourt, like, trying to He's score a very against underrated defender, but trying to score against just that wing, those wings. Good luck with that. And then you just talk about Lou Will. You know, the best six man ever you know still on that team that they they have literally everything you could possibly want at this point and and you know that's from from leadership down so you obviously have to give the the edge to the clippers but um you know lebron and anthony davis that's still a team that if they're healthy that's going to be a team that's that's you're going to have to deal with sure so with that said and you mentioned the other western conference teams a lot of the contenders pretty much all of them that were right in the top last year got better are the Clippers and Lakers the top two teams in the West to you on paper right now? Not even close. The Lakers, like for me, the Lakers are battling for an eight seed. Um, I think the top two teams, well, top three in my opinion, are the Clippers, um, the Denver Nuggets, and the Utah Jazz at this point. I would have to put the, the Clippers right there. The Lakers could be the top team. Again, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, they could they could be the top team, but there's there's some things that have to work out. The health, number one. How LeBron looks at 35 and Anthony Davis, who not who is not usually able to stay healthy. Those two things have to happen. Um, there's nothing for me, and I said it last year in March, and you were wrong. There's nothing for me so far that's moved Portland out of the second best team in the West. Hassan Whiteside is if that you know coming into a contract year, uh, a guy that that is going into a, a culture and a locker room up that, that they built. If he can't work here, he's not going to play in the NBA anymore. So, and if he does work, that's a significant front line right there between him and, and the returning Nurkic from injury. So, I still have them probably at two. Um, the Lakers can float anywhere between one and four or five, or you know, if you have injury issues, you know, could be worse. But um, I, I think Utah got better, Denver obviously got better, and they're just going to get better with the maturation of that team. the The question really is, and this was the other big free agency thing: um, Russell Westbrook moves to the Rockets. When they moved Paul George, it was kind of a sign of Oklahoma City's going to going to blow it up for the first time. They move Russell Westbrook. There's a lot of talk about him coming here to Miami. They weren't able to get that deal done. They send Oklahoma City sends Russ to Houston for Chris Paul. And my thing to you is, uh, did the Rockets improve or did they slam their window shut? Hard to say. 
Because I think the Rockets have changed significantly. I think when you play with Russell Westbrook versus Chris Paul, you get a different skill set, a different demand for, with the ball. I don't, I mean, I'm sure they'll figure it out because they've played together and they're both professionals, but I don't know how Russell Westbrook and James Harden are going to share the ball because they both are ball-dominant players. I believe one and two in usage percentage. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that team operates going forward. I think it's very clear that Russell Westbrook is better than Chris Paul at this point, given Chris Paul's injury history and whatnot. The contract also looks marginally better uh, for Russ Westbrook because he can actually play at a high level still. Um, I, I, I just I don't, I don't know if they've improved or not, but they definitely haven't slammed their window shut. I think they still remain competitive. At worst, they'll be a, low, a lower-tier playoff team. This move was, I, I get it. It doesn't make any sense, but I get it, if that makes any sense. Um, the Rockets had their chance two years ago. They had Golden State beat. Chris you know, runs into an injury at that point, and that cost them you know, their shot. That was their shot. And then from there, it's kind of been chaos, and, and I appreciate everyone that said Chris Paul and James Harden, including Chris Paul. There was no issue between them. That obviously was not accurate. Um, I get the Rockets play. The Rockets are desperate. They're trying to throw anything at the wall right now to try to maximize the time of James Harden's prime, and I get that. You're taking James Harden is a ball, as you said, is a ball dominant ISO type dude. That's when he's at his best. Now, to be fair to him, he's a phenomenal facilitator. He doesn't do that a lot with Houston and certainly not last year. He didn't do that much at all. So you get you now team a guy, you bring a guy like Russell Westbrook, who, again, is an ISO guy who is a ball dominant guard who also can't shoot. So, because your your counter to that could be, well, James Harden is, is able to facilitate, so Russ can play off the ball a little more, and James Harden can, you know, draw the defenders off and kick it to Russ. Do you want Russ taking more threes? No, and that's the problem with Russ too, because he's his he's at his worst when he's off the ball, which is that's one of the problems, I guess, playing next to James Harden is that he'll have to play off the ball at least half the time. Right. So I understand from the Rocket standpoint because again you're just trying to you're trying to throw talent together. You're trying to you're grasping a straw saying, "Oh, they played together in Oklahoma City even though that was a completely different um James Harden at that point he was a six man. It was a completely different situation, but I get it. I'm putting two of the recent MVPs on the floor at the same time. Let's see if the talent can play out. For me, I'm not putting them ahead of Utah. I'm not putting them ahead of Denver. I'm not putting them ahead of, of Portland. I'm not putting them ahead of, of the Lakers. Um, yeah, I, I think I get why they did this, but this is just a head scratcher from a basketball standpoint. You know, I think I tweeted it. You know, you add a ball dominant guy who can't shoot to a ball dominant guy, and like, what can go wrong? Right. The the other thing I wanted to get to the Eastern Conference is kind of quiet outside of one big thing. Um, you know, obviously the the, the Raptors are going to take a step back, losing Kawhi Leonard. Um, but at this point, really, what do they care? They got a championship. They, they, you know, they swung for the fences, as we said last year or last summer at this time. And, you know, we both applauded the, the move um, and it paid off for them. So so but but you you obviously would think they would take a step back next year. So you look at uh, Philadelphia re-signing Ben Simmons and we can we don't even have time to get into that now. That's a head scratcher. You're maxing Ben Simmons, a guy who really offensively doesn't give you much outside of five feet. But, but Philly obviously will be in the mix next year. You obviously have Giannis. But then the big thing that happened in the Eastern Conference is obviously, as expected, Kevin Durant leaves the Warriors. He teams up now with Kyrie Irving and goes to Brooklyn. And this is this is really kind of a long-term play for, for Durant because, you know, you obviously had the Achilles tear in the finals. And so you give him a max deal. And, and this is a really 
this is an injury that a lot of guys don't come back from or aren't the same from. Yeah, I mean, so I think the most recent example of that was DeMarcus Cousins. And I think the difference here is that Kevin Durant shoots a lot better than DeMarcus Cousins does. Like a lot of DeMarcus Cousins' game comes off of banging in the post and using a lot of that power from the lower trunk uh, to to get to the hoop. And Kevin Durant is more crafty than that. And I think right. he would he has a chance to be a little bit to to maybe maybe he'll never live up to his max contract deal, but I think he will do better than DeMarcus Cousins did. I like I think KD can still be an all star. No, no, I agree. I'm not I don't think I wouldn't even really compare it to DeMarcus Cousins, different body type, different positions, yeah. different type of dudes, you know. But you look at this is an injury and understandably you know, Kobe was older, um, Chauncey Billups was older and these things, but Durant is not exactly 25 anymore. So it's something that if you're Brooklyn, look, you you swing for the fences. They they had yeah, the it's best risky summer. And they have to take it. Yeah. yeah, of course, because you had the best summer ever because you're talking about getting two stars and putting them on a team that already was a playoff team that was already a good team. And you really only lose D'Angelo Russell. So, and a lot of people on paper would say, "Oh, Kyrie is an upgrade to D'Angelo Russell." So you land two top free agents, your two top guys, and and now you put yourself arguably in the conversation, you know, in the next couple of years of being one of those contenders in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and but I think next year they're real, they're more or less punting uh, next year for really competing for the Eastern Conference title because um, Kevin Durant obviously is going to help with that, but he's not going to be around next year. I think Kyrie is a definite upgrade over D'Angelo Russell. But I think it's imperative that the other young guys on that team step up. Jared Allen, Karis LeVert needs to stay healthy for a whole year. They have a couple other young pieces that need to continue to 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 progress and get better for that team to genuinely be one of the top dogs in the Eastern Conference. Right. And so I think everybody will kind of be waiting to see, you know, next year you'll start seeing the Durant videos of, you know, he's running again, he's doing this, that, and the other. Yep. You know, we won't expect him back, obviously, till the following year. But the it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, things that we've seen before in this injury and people coming back from this injury, the burst and the, you know, sure he's a phenomenal shooter and he's he has a lot to his game and he's become a, an overall pretty complete player offensively. Um, but again, part of his game is the slashing. Part of his game is the one on one breakdowns and and you know the ISO type plays. And and it'll be interesting to see that burst if that burst is back. And then if it's not. How does he adjust? Because you do have a guy that's a playmaker that's able to do some of those things in Kyrie Irving. So I, mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting moving forward how how Brooklyn look, looks and how they fit into that you know that contending area in the Eastern Conference. I think one wild card in all of this is uh, Kenny Atkinson, the coach of the Brooklyn Nets. He's been able to turn water into wine. He's turned Spencer Dinwiddie, who's bounced from th- two or three teams now, a former second-round pick for the Pistons, turned him into damn near an all-star. Turned D'Angelo Russell, who was ousted from the Lakers, uh, who a, like a lot of people had actually written off at the time, turned him into an all-star. Um, he's, he's turned a lot of these late-round draft picks into contributing players. So if there's anybody in the Eastern Conference that can do it, I have faith in the guy who's been able to do that before, which is Kenny Atkinson. Two gods and a goose. Wait, uh, a goose? Is this right? This is the two gods and a goose show. So we got Nikias Duncan on. Jesus Miami Christ, Heat. what is that sound right now, Sham? So, yeah, it sounds like an airplane about to take off. <sighs> I, I don't appreciate the slander right now. It's fine. <laughs> what is that? 
<laughs> can you can tell listeners my, what that sound is? This is um the fan of my very old MacBook. That computer is literally working to death right now to keep to keep everything rocking for Nikaias right now. Nikaias and I had met, man, and we, we talked a little bit before we, we hit record. I'm a huge fan of yours. Uh, you're, you put out some of the best NBA stuff, in my opinion, on, on NBA Twitter. Hands and, down. Yeah, absolutely. So when Sham told me we locked you down for this, I was like, perfect guest for this. And I'm really excited to, to you know, talk some NBA with you for sure. And, and you, you're familiar with our show because as we are doing this interview, um, Sham is eating two pies right now. He's feeding two full apple pies. He is paying off for his incompetence. And he's going to literally eat two full apple pies during this conversation. And Nikaias, when you listen to this episode, you're going to understand the context of why this idiot is having eating two full on pies because he originally agreed to one and then via his bad decision making and ruining and general uh, incompetence with the show, he's now eating two full on full on pies. So this should be really tremendous because I know Shaman, he's going to tell you right now uh, that he has an iron stomach, but this is going to really mess up his stomach. And this is bringing me a great level of joy watching this. I really feel bad for his stomach at this point. His Be stomach is going to struggle more than your laptop right now. <laughs> this is my NBA Finals. This is my fourth quarter. I can do this. Take your first uh, bite of apple pie. Let's see a, a significant. Oh, he just took off his hat. I'm I, I'm I'm watching him on face. We're on Facetime, so I can. I'm going to describe for the audience. Full ass apple pie. Oh, by the way, he can't eat with his hand. He can't use his hands. He has to eat the whole thing with his face. So he just took a dive into the pie, and that was the it's first. so good. That was the first bite right there. It's good, right? And now it's on the table, and he's literally sticking his face into the pie. This is tremendous. So we saw Kawhi Leonard go to the Clippers, and Paul George uh, followed him there. Are the Clippers now the favorites to win the NBA title? Uh, I think they're the favorites right now because once you get into a playoff setting, you need elite um, two-way wings, and the Clippers have, what, two of the best three? Two of the best four? Kawhi is just coming off of one of the best playoff runs we've seen in recent memory. Um, Paul George is typically good in the playoffs. He's had his down moments, but um, Indiana Paul George is fantastic. Um, assuming that he has a functional shoulder, I think he's going to be great alongside Kawhi. Um, I kind of want to see the Clippers add another big, but I still have Mr. Favorite right now. They're deep and they have two great players at the top. Uh, Nikaias Duncan, Miami Heat beat Dime Up Rocks, joining us on Two Gods and a Goose. I guess the 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 Lakers kind of made some noise too in LA with with Anthony Davis. Um, you know, multiple questions really pop up for the Lakers. You know, you talk about the overall how deep can the Lakers go, and there's so much talk about that. But really, for me, it's can they count on the health of AD? And how much does LeBron have left, in your opinion? Um, I think the AD LeBron pairing is going to be fine, at least when they're on the court. I think the injury concerns are valid, um, particularly with LeBron. Just he just had his first major injury ever last year, and he's getting a little bit older. Um, beyond that, though, I just kind of want to know what their closing lineup is going to be, because right. I don't really know where Kyle Kuzma fits into that. Um, you, they bring in Avery Bradley to kind of be that point of attack defender, but if he can't shoot or do anything on the basketball court, then that kind of leaves you a little hamstrung. Um, Danny Green is a 3 and D guy in theory, and I mean he does do a little bit of both, but he also has these wild cold stretches. And if he's not knocking down shots, right, then it can get, get a little um, get a little wonky. Rondo is there for whatever reason. Um, uh, the Lakers do have a lot of questions. They have to stay healthy. They also have to figure out how they're fitting all these pieces in. Can you close games with DeMarcus Cousins because he can't defend in space? 
Um, I, I think they're a year away from really making title noise. How deep can they go? Where do you kind of position them in that you know loaded ass Western Conference? I feel like they're probably in that second tier of teams. I would have the Clippers up top. Um, I'm a little higher on Houston than a lot of people after the rush trade. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. Um, Denver's going to be interesting. Utah's going to be interesting. Um, I would say LA's probably in that Utah-Denver class, that second two. Well, who's your Rockets? Like Russell Westbrook. <laughs> How hard is your ceiling? Uh, I mean, I think they can make a conference finals at least. It's kind of a coin flip from there. I feel like they, I mean, they've already been close to knocking off Golden State for two straight years. And now Golden State is kind of out of the picture. And now you have to um, worry about the the fit a little bit. You have to hope that Russ cares about defense. Or at least cares in the right way. I don't think effort's generally an issue for him. He just sometimes kind of runs around like a chicken with his head cut off. So you kind of hope to reel him in a little bit, especially off ball. Um, hope that the catch and shoot threes kind of uptick a little bit and he kind of curves those pull up threes out of this game. But other than that, I mean, you have two of the top 10 or so players in the league. James Harden is fantastic. Um, PJ Tucker's still there. Clint Capella, you hope he bounces back from a woeful um, playoff showing against Golden State. But in theory, he's a two way threat there. They have a lot of guys that I like, and they have a formula that kind of works in the postseason if they get out of their own way. It's just kind of up to them to get out of their own way. Right. So you so you, you think it's a talent thing. You think putting those two, you know, elite talents on the floor, it's going to work itself. It, it'll kind of over – the talent will kind of outweigh the, you know, where the fit might not be the best. Yeah, because I think what they needed was an injection of energy. And where Chris Paul may be a better fit in some aspects because he can shoot and he's a more disciplined player than Russ, Russ being able to kind of break a defense down without a screen is going to help everyone. Chris Paul, I mean, James Harden couldn't really get off ball as much as he would like for those catch-and-shoot opportunities with Chris Paul because, as we saw last year, he couldn't beat anybody off the dribble. So he was more so kind of forcing switches and trying to take contested threes over bigs, and it didn't work as well as it did the year before. So now you get a guy like Russ, he's a legit threat to, to warp the defense. That's going to open up more corner threes. Houston loves those. That's going to open up more catch-and-shoot opportunities for James Harden that can take a load off for him. And I think just putting a little bit more pace into their offense is going to make them more dangerous. So there are a lot of teams in the Western Conference that made a lot of moves to get better. But not everyone can get better because teams will have to be overrated. Teams will lose. Some teams will underachieve. What is one of those teams that will underachieve next season, in your opinion? Uh, I feel like it will be underachieving from a historical context, more so than like actual expectation this year. But uh, I think this is finally the year San Antonio misses out. I just don't wow. think I don't think they're going to be one of the top eight. Is that is that tough for you to say, knowing like we're talking about like twenty some odd years of like. Can they still do it? Do they still have it? The the original core got, core got older, and it's like, what do they have? And then, you know, they reload with two other players. I mean, is that tough for you to say after, like, 20-some-odd years of San Antonio always being San Antonio? Yeah, and, like, I predict that San Antonio would miss the playoffs in two of the last three years, and it, it just hasn't happened. So I'm more so concerned about um, getting my mentions blown up. <laughs> right. But, but, yeah, I think the West has just gotten so tough. Like, Golden State, we kind of don't talk about them as much now with Clay being out and stuff. But, like, they still have Steph and Dre, and in the regular season, at least, that's still a formula to win a lot of games. Um, Sacramento missed out. They're probably going to be really good. Uh, I mean, there are just a lot of teams in the West that can make pushes for eight, and I just don't think San Antonio is going to be one of those top eight. On that same note, 
D'Angelo Russell went to the Warriors in a trade for Kevin Durant. Is he just a trade asset at this point? And if not, what is he going to do with the Warriors? And how do the Warriors do next year? I feel like the Warriors are kind of banking on Clay to be back before the trade deadline. And that may be a little bit ambitious, but also Clay is, I'm not sure if he's human. So that could very well be the case. But um, I do think ultimately he's a trade asset. I think you have to watch a team like Minnesota that obviously there's a lot of noise around them trying to clear cap space to sign D'Angelo Russell outright this summer. And they couldn't get that done. We've been floating Robert Covington's name out there for quite a while. Um, I, I don't really see D'Angelo staying in Golden State for much longer. Because like on ball, I think it's a fine fit offensively. He can kind of take pressure off of Steph as a creator. But um, defensively, it's kind of a mess, and then that's really what matters for Golden State. And you can't really afford to try to hide Steph and try to hide D'Angelo at the same time. When they signed him, my first thought was, uh-oh, Draymond. Because they can't, they already have three max on the on on the books now. You can't, right. they can't do it for us. So, so do you think it's really a two part question here? Do you think that the market will be fire for D'Angelo at the trade deadline? And then, you know, if it's not, does Golden State kind of have to just move it because they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place? Because they know come summer, Draymond has to get taken care of, and he's not going to take anything less than a max. I would say. The market probably should be fine for D'Lo. I have my own opinions on him, especially as a playoff performer. But I think league-wide, I think his interest is going to be fine. He's still, what, 23 years old? Right. He's coming off the first all-star appearance. Um, he's a guy that can commandeer a top-tier offense. So I do think there's going to be interest there. Again, Minnesota's already been linked to him. Detroit's going to need a point guard at some point. So, I mean, there are teams out there that can definitely use a D'Angelo Russell. So I, I don't think Golden State's going to have much issue finding a taker for him. Shifting to the Eastern Conference, because obviously the West was just mayhem, but there was obviously a huge deal that went down in the East. Of obviously, a couple, you know, you lose um, Kawhi to the West Western Conference. You know, that shifts some of the power more to the West. Um, but, you know, Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant going to to Brooklyn and then the Durant injury and this specific injury and his return from it and all the questions that are up in the air. Obviously, as Sham and I discussed earlier, it's a home run for Brooklyn because, you know, you went from having no All-Stars and a pretty good team or D'Angelo Russell, a pretty good team, to now you got your two, t- you know, top two targets. So what do you kind of make of the Nets thing and then what do they look like in the next few years, in your opinion? Um, I think it's a huge get for Brooklyn, obviously. Um, the trade with Boston has been a meme in NBA and NBA Twitter circles for four or five years. And it's just kind of funny that they kind of re- rebuilt this thing as quickly as they did. Sean Marks has done a fantastic job. Kenny Atkinson did a great job kind of establishing the culture, empowering the younger players. Um, Brooklyn developed quite a young core, basically out of thin air. And then they used that, their culture, and also cap space to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Year one, I don't really see much from them. I'm, I'm personally kind of low on Kyrie as a lead dog, and that's what he's going to have to be while Kevin Durant recovers. After that, I think it gets scary because Kevin Durant, at worst, is a top three player in the NBA when he's healthy. And if he comes back as 85% of himself next year, that's still a top eight, top nine guy just because he's one of the most versatile scorers we've ever seen. He's a walking mismatch. And having a guy that can take pressure off of Kyrie so he won't have to try to do everything because he's not really capable of doing everything, uh, I think that's going to be huge. And as you said, Ka- Kawhi Leonard's in the West now. So there's really no there's no LeBron there to kind of gatekeep these. So I think it's going to be pretty wide open that there's really no reason why a guy like Kevin Durant can't kind of take that crown. Well, we have uh, Nikai's Duncan on with us. 
uh, from my, uh, Miami Heat beat Dime Up Rocks. I am not feeling well. Um, <laughs> he writes a lot of other places. Let's talk about your like the team that you cover, the Miami Heat. Um, just real quick, give me the state of the Miami Heat right now. I know you guys added Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Butler. Lisa Leslie called that a loser move. Uh, today on her show on CBS. Russell Westbrook was rumored to Miami at one point. Bradley Beal is now rumored to Miami. Give me the state of the heat. I think Miami is fine right now. They have their star. They still have all of their young pieces intact outside of Josh Richardson, who's obviously sent out to Philadelphia just to bring Jimmy Butler in. I think Miami's poised for like a second round run this year. I guess kind of looking ahead and also looking back. Um, Miami has been interested in Bradley Beal for quite some time. And even when the, the rumors came up of Russell Westbrook, um, a little bit of chirping about Chris Paul, Brent DeVille has always been the top target. And there just hasn't been much indication that Washington's willing to trade him yet. But he's up for, a, I think, a three-year, $111 million extension that, that, that can be offered on July 26th. So if Bradley Bill gets that offer and declines it, then the, the clock kind of starts ticking because if he's not accepting that extension, he's probably not going to stay in Washington long term. And if you're Washington, you're going to want to get something for him, especially while he has an extra year on his contract to kind of get more value in a trade because they don't want him to walk for nothing and they don't really want to get, they don't want to trade him for like 45 cents on the dollar either. So I think July 26 is going to be another date to watch for the Heat in terms of their trade pursuits. But if they do stay in pet, I do think this is a pretty solid team. They're going to float around the four to six seed range this year. Um, obviously hard cap, so they can't make too many more moves. They run about nine deep right now. I think it's, it's an exciting time to be following Miami right now. So I, I can't even think right now. I'm, I'm <laughs> stomach hurts. Nah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nikaias. I'm tweeting currently tweeting out Sham. I've screenshotted him a couple times. The the uh, run from I'm going to eat two pies. Classic Sham, just like the hot dog thing. And, and Nikaias, you mentioned this earlier, but remember he was going to do 31 hot dogs because he could do exactly what the Coney Island hot dog eater guys are doing. He ended up doing eight. Mm -hmm. That was, I'm going to kill two pies. Now we're about halfway through the first one, and he's now, and, and everyone will see, you're going to see Sham now leaning back in the chair. He's close to being sick at this point, I would say. Is that fair, Sham? I, I think we're past the point of being close. Sham, describe to, to the audience and to, <laughs> describe to the audience and Nikias right now, what, is you, what are you feeling like, Sham, right now? So I was very hungry when we started to do this pod. That's why I elected not to drink because I figured, you know, if I start drinking on an empty stomach, you know, wild things will happen. Uh, so I then, I then uh, quenched my hunger with uh, about three quarters of an apple pie. And it's very good. Um, it's a little bit cold now. It's been sitting for a while, um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's just sitting there uh, in my stomach. And uh, yeah, yeah, I you're could, struggling uh, right now. I can see your face. Yeah. You you are really struggling right now. I have this thin film of sweat on my forehead, um, <laughs> different than the meat sweats I had uh, with the hot dogs. But uh, this is this is the thing I do for the love of you know of the podcast and love I have for my partner. Now, you know the funny thing, man, honestly, and this is just me watching and, and seeing now we've, we've gone through two years in a row of Shamcom, a competitive eater, where he said, you know, he did the normal blowing all his hot take vomit all over everybody and saying, yo, I'm going to do 31 hot dogs and, and now this year I'm going to do two pies and, and both times, Nikias, both times, right, because you listen to the hot dogs, both times it was, I have an iron stomach, I'm straight, I'm not going to have any issues with this, both times, Sham. But even Iron Russ, an iron stomach still has 
uh, limitations. Listen to how he's talking. You're talking slow right now. Like, you are hurting. <laughs> I'm telling you what, Sham. After seeing this, and you, you still have another pie to eat, but after seeing this, I already feel like our marriage is in a better place at, than when you uh, before, when you started the pie. I feel sorry the for The things I do for content. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, know. That's the way this is going to end. Like, everybody is going to feel sorry for me, and you're going to become the enemy. I, I'm okay being, being the heel. As long as you keep eating, it, honestly, this thing's going to end with you needing to go to the hospital, and it's going like, okay, we have to stop the broadcast because we need to call an ambulance right now because this dude's almost dying because you're i i know you i've been around you many times you are slumped back in your chair right now this is not this is not your stomach is not feeling good right now right yeah i could use some uh some pepto at the moment uh nikaias duncan thank you for coming on with us man miami heat beat uh dime up rocks let the people know where they could follow you and everybody i know i say this a lot but like you need to follow this dude. He is one of the best followers on NBA Twitter. Nakaias, let him know where they can follow you at, bro. Uh, you can follow me at Nakaias NBA, N E K I A S, um, as they said, at Heat Beat, at Five Reasons Sports, um, Dime Up Rocks. I am currently working on a piece for another publication. You'll, you'll get that reveal soon. Yeah, follow me, catch these fire puns and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we'll have you back on before before the start of the season so we can really get into it. We just got to figure out what Sham's going to be eating then, you know? Got to make sure that Sham's going to be okay with it. <laughs> we got to make sure he's still going to be living before that. Yeah, you might be the next uh, Sham, uh, Nikai. So. <laughs> hey, this is T-Vibes of TLC, and you're listening to Two Gods and a Goose. And you know what? Uh-uh-uh. Y'all ain't stupid like stupid. You stupid like stupid like S-T-O-O-O-P-I-D. <laughs> uh, Bob Quaggleader from Detroit Bad Boys on with us. Two gods and a goose. We got Bill Quaker Oats from Detroit Bad Boys. Ah, oh, sure. Oh, come on. What's happening? We got Bobby Quiggles um, from Detroit Bad Boys on Two Gods You're and a Goose. You're going to lose all your listeners from this one episode. And a goose. Thanks for coming on with us, Bob. This is the Two Gods and a Goose show. All right, you know how we end each and every show. It is my dad's, I hope it's still my dad's, favorite segment. It's called Ask Sham. Hashtag Ask Sham on Twitter. You're doing push-ups. Are you ready to rock and roll with this, Sham? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Hit the intro. Yes, ma'am. It's time for Ask Sham. Question number one. Sham, when it's all said and done, will Bradley Beal land in Miami? Bradley Beal will go wherever the hell he wants to go. Miami is calling his name, but Bradley Beal may not have his heart in South Beach. Uh, My brother Shad, go follow him. Single women, married women, whatever. Go follow him at Shadi underscore low. Uh, hashtag beard gang he asked why did you choose to release that trash ass episode the same reason why you have trash ass takes uh is apple pie the best pie sham easily second to banana cream pie uh sham are you a fan of lebron's taco tuesdays taco tuesdays win a playoff game in the lakers first of all have you joined the storm area 51 facebook group yet sham no because i always storm area 69 uh over under 10 people listen to your crappy pistons podcast over because i know 11 people who listen to it at john is based who says he's a longtime listener and a huge fan of both sham and pies asked will we ever be doing meet and greet sham we will be doing meet and greets and that's m-e-a-t and greets i will be greeting you at a barbecue joint and we will be sharing meat shots of vince ellis uh will the milwaukee bucks win the east next year sham they will win the east and r- mark it down right here the milwaukee bucks are the nba champions in 2020 did you think your pistons podcast with laz was good content it was amazing content because i got Laz to think about strippers 
in a hospital room. Uh, a male bee's testicles explode during sex, killing him instantly. Thoughts? That means if you see bees flying around, they're virgins. Uh, who is the most underrated player in the NBA right now, Sham? Underrated player in the NBA, the guy who was traded from L.A. to Detroit, Blake Griffin, the most underrated player in the NBA, should have been an MVP candidate last year. Listen uh, to my podcast, Two and a Half Gods and the Goose. How excited are you for Comic-Con San Diego this weekend? I am always excited for a good con. Did you return the flamethrower that you took to our great 2.5 Gods and a Goose idea with your crappy Pistons podcast? Nope, I got it locked and loaded, big boy. What did you get for Amazon Prime Day, Sham? I bought a Roomba. Uh, my dad is really, really mad at you. What do you have to say to him uh, on his favorite segment, Sham? I'm I'm sorry, Senior Keith. I will send you a signed merch. You just tell me which one you want. It'll be coming your way. Uh, how are those pies feeling in your stomach right now, Sham? I don't ever want to see apple pie ever again. Uh, and finally, how many games do your Miami Hurricanes win this football season, Sham? All of them! Let's go Miami! That is Ask Sham. Hashtag Ask Sham on Twitter. Uh, that is the episode Sham and I are going to go to counseling, and uh, hopefully we can work our way through this. What did you think of this week's episode, Sham? Definitely top 10 in season two.